Hey everybody and welcome back to the second ever edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips for 2020. I'm your host Stephen Westway and thank you so much for tuning into the first episode of the podcast. Uh, you probably might be seeing it at the same time since our plans were released them both at the same time, the bottom eight and the top eight. But for everybody that has listened to that first episode so far, thank you so much. Thank you for the support on the Facebook page. Uh, the support there has been amazing and we're just going to continue to grow it. Uh, as I keep releasing new podcasts, some news, uh, I've been reached out a couple of times for guests. We will be having some guests on the show, I've just got to work out some equipment wise, but I'm hoping that my first guest will be in round two and it will be a familiar face for those that know me. So stay tuned for that. My round one footy tips shouldn't be too far away, but we're going to get straight into it here today with my top eight for 2020. If you guys didn't catch the bottom eight podcast, I'm just going to recap where I've gone so far, which each team's NRL predictions. At 16th, I had the New Zealand Warriors getting the wooden spoon. 15th, I had the Gold Coast Titans. 14th, the Canterbury Bulldogs. 13th, the St. George Illawarra Dragons. 12th, the Newcastle Knights. 11th, the West Tigers. 10th, the Cronulla Sharks. And 9th, the Penrith Panthers. So, uh, welcome back to the show. We're going to get into the top eight right here today. And we're going to start off with my team that I predict to come eighth. They came eighth last year. It is the Brisbane Broncos. Now, they've got a lot of pro- lots of proof in 2020 coming off a disastrous finals campaign. They were one of the few teams that I have known in my life to make the finals, despite losing more games than winning last year. So they've got a big chip on their shoulder this year, the Brisbane Broncos. And there's a lot of changes in their lineup. Most uh, most notable, Jack Bird at fullback. He's finally uh, injury-free after a couple of uh, terrible seasons. Luckwise, with injury, he was in some good form for the first six rounds last week before succumbing to that, uh, I believe it was an, an ACL um, on top of my head. Might be wrong there. Double-check it. Uh, but in the halves, we've also got Brody Croft, who is a big signing. Uh, some people have called him the biggest signing in the Broncos' last decade. Because they haven't been as successful as they were in their first couple of decades, the pressure definitely is on Brody Croft. He was in and out of the Melbourne team for the last couple of years. He has a lot of pressure on him as well. So we'll see how he performs. But the pressure's definitely on them after losing 58-0 to the Eels, their biggest ever loss. They didn't get on the board. They got accused of uh, not taking the game seriously because they were out playing pokies. I personally don't have a problem with it. I mean, you do what you got to do before a game and after a game. Uh, to relax and get prepared for the game if it's before the game. So I've got no problem with that whatsoever. But saying that, there's a lot of pressure on them this year, a lot of pressure on Anthony Seaboard, Seaboard to make it right. Um, and it's a huge game round one against the Cowboys. How do I think their season's going to go? We look at uh, their lineup, and it's very strong on paper. They've uh, put Jack Bird, as I mentioned, to the fullback spot. They've actually shifted Darius Boyd out into the centres, most likely, for round one. Uh, out there with the uh, a great young superstar Tony Stagg, so that's going to be very interesting to see how he goes. He could be a liability out there, he might not be. Their forward pack though is definitely their strength. Listen to this uh, starting full, uh, forward pack for round one. I'm going to go through it. Uh, most likely their predicted team. It's going to be Pengai Jr., Turpin, Haas, Alice Glenn, David Feeder, and Patrick Carrigan. And that is a lot of young guys. Uh, Alice Glenn being the sole person with I believe over 100 NRL games there. But it's a young forward pack, but it's a hungry forward pack. It's just a matter of whether they can stay consistent. Their defence leaked some points last year, so we'll see if they can uh, improve there. But it is a very strong forward pack. Of course, that is without uh, Joe Offangiahi and uh, and Matt Lodge, who, of course, got injured for the majority of the season in the preseason. Matt Lodge has been huge for that uh, Broncos team in the last couple of years. So, uh, 
my, their strengths, as uh, I've mentioned, kinda so far, uh, definitely going to be their forward pack. Their halves uh, could be a strength or a weakness, depending on how you look at it. Jack Bird at fullback can be very interesting. I think he's going to explode back there. Uh, but again, it could take a little bit of time at the start of the season. You've got your spine in Bird, Milford, Croft, and Turpin. They haven't played too much football of any together. Really, Milford and Turpin are the only two from last year because Andrew McCulloch's kind of been on the outer. We'll see if he can play some first grade in 2020. I am a fan of him. Uh, they, According to the NRL.com uh, predicted team list, they reckon McCulloch might start on the bench. So it's going to be interesting to see how Turpin and McCulloch uh, rotate there in terms of minutes. But... At the same time, their, their spine has to definitely has to uh, combine well in the early rounds. It, it is going to take some time, but they need to get some wins on the board early because if you if you go into the finals like they were last year, losing more games than they're winning, you're just simply not going to win the comp. Their players to watch for me this season: Jack Bird, as I've mentioned, Brody Croft. Those are the two huge ones that are going to um, that are going to make or break their season. Corey Oates is always very consistent. I've got to have him on the list as well, and Payne Haas, who had one of the best seasons. Um, I've ever seen of a prop last year, especially of a rookie prop that's come in. He was outstanding. His origin de- debut wasn't the best, but for the Broncos, week in, week out, he was consistently making over 200 metres. Damaging run of the board. Same with David Fafita. So uh, both those guys looking at big seasons. Who's the pressure on? Well, I've mentioned Bird and Croft a lot in this prediction. The pressure's definitely on them. Uh, no need to kind of go more into that. Darius Floyd, it's his last year, just announced his retirement. In the centre position, whether he's centre or winger, um, could be a liability in defence, so we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, um, he can end his career uh, with some some decent form because he played his best football, in my opinion, um, for Queensland, and that was on the wing spot. Apart from that 2020, uh, 2010 season with the Dragons, where he was fantastic at fullback, I think his best full, uh, his best footy has definitely come out there on the wing. So we'll see um, if he plays centrally, if they shift him to the wing. So yeah, Bird, Croft, Boyd. Uh, also, uh, we cannot forget to mention McCulloch as well um, and Jermaine Asako because Asako they have started on the bench as well he was actually originally going to be their, their fullback this year they reckon Jack Bird beat him in pre-season form uh, he struggled a little bit on the wing last year but he has so much potential Asako so it would be a shame to see um, him not realise his potential in the NRL uh, so we'll see how it goes this year that is the Broncos I had them coming 8th they will improve from last year uh, just not enough. So I reckon they'll win more games than they lose and actually make the finals properly. But I don't think it'll be enough to compete with the big teams. I think they're still one or two years away, especially if they can get those combinations right. 21-22 big seasons for the Broncos. Coming in at 7th, I have the North Queensland Cowboys, a team that missed the 8 last year, also had a very disappointing season. As I've already mentioned, they're playing the Broncos round one. Huge game, that one. Uh, make sure you check out my round one predictions later this week see who I think is going to win the Cowboys and Broncos game. But I have them both next to each other on the ladder. So definitely going to be very interesting. Of course, the Cowboys with a lot of changes from last year. They have a brand new stadium opening up for that game against Brisbane. Right near the city. A lot better than uh, one 300 small stadium was. They've also got the recruitment of coming back from the NFL. Valentine Holmes. We knew how it went for Jared Haynes. Didn't go very well when he came back to the Titans of the Eels. Holmes' preseason form has been really good. And uh, we're not going to have a, a Valentine Holmes Kim like we did a Jared Hayden Van when he came back. So he doesn't have as much spotlight on him, thank God, because I think that really hurt Hayden when he came back. But Holmes is going to be looking out to prove himself. There's definitely going to be a spotlight on him, so we'll see how he handles that. He is starting the season at fullback. 
Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see how he combines with Drinkwater and Morgan. Speaking of Michael Morgan, talk about pressure. The pressure is definitely on him. He has had a rough couple of years after mate, leading the Cowboys into the 2017 NRL Grand Final. So we'll see how he can back it up with his new halves partner, most likely, uh, beating Clifton in Scott Drinkwater, who had a, a fantastic pair of nines. He looked uh, outstanding. He has showed a lot of talent, uh, like sparks and talent for a long time. Can this lead the season? They can pull it all together. It's going to be very interesting to see there. They've also uh, got a new hooker. Um, I can't remember his name. Reese Robson is their new hooker, who who's definitely going to be putting the pressure on Jake Greenville. See if they can take their spot there. That's going to be very interesting. Uh, and that, and as always, the Cowboys have a very damaging forward pack uh, led by Jason Tamalolo. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they go. Their strengths, in my opinion, definitely that forward pack of uh, people like McLean, Gavin Cooper, Tamalolo, Cohen Hess, who has not been in the best form the last couple of years. See if he can get back to his best this year. Michael Morgan uh, being a premiership winning half. He's had a couple of up and down seasons, but him and Holmes combination, I can see being a huge strength for them. And of course, their new stadium. Um, I think that they can definitely make that one a a stadium teams fear to go to. I mean, Townsville always has been a bit of a a bit of a road trip that some teams don't like taking because because it is it is everybody's supporting the Cowboys up there. So it's it's going to be very interesting. I think they're going to have a very strong season at home. Their weaknesses, of course, the fact that their spine hasn't really played together. But saying that, I think they can they can overcome that. I also think their out of backs are a bit weak. They did sign Essen Masters. People like Felt and O'Neill and Ben Hampton, they all need to step up and have a big season this year. I don't know if Ben Hampton's spots should be on the wing, but the NRL uh, predicted team lists have him being there, whether or not he plays there or someone like Tom Oprichak comes in um, and challenges that spot. Or even Murray Talungi, I think his name is. He's a very good rookie as well. So we'll see how they go there. Uh, saying that, the injury of Josh McGuire is definitely going to affect them. We'll see if they can... Um, they've got some good forwards there, but we'll see if they're good enough to cover that. But overall, I expect a pretty good season for the Cowboys. Players to watch, Holmes, Morgan, Drinkwater, the usual suspects there. Jason Tamalolo also looking for a big season. Essen Masters definitely got a chip on his shoulder. Um, something to prove after leaving the Tigers. In uh, decent, decent um, terms last year, but he definitely wants to prove that he's worth more than the Tigers were willing to give him their weaknesses. In my opinion, or the weaknesses, sorry, they're, they're players that are mo under most pressure would be Jake Greenfield, of course. His spot is uh, is definitely questionable in the starting team with Reese Robson knocking on the door. Cohen Hess has had a couple of quiet seasons. He needs to step up. And Michael Morgan, who on his day is, the best, uh, is one of the best halves in the NRL. It's just a matter of whether he can put it together consistently without Thurston. He, he dominated in 2017. Um, and... Of course, they made the grand final where they got destroyed by the storm, but no one expected them to make that grand final. We'll see if you can get to that back to that form in 2020. Going to sixth spot, I have my team. And that's right, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I have finishing sixth in 2020. I think they're going to have a very good season under Wayne Bennett again for the second year in a row. However, the loss of George Burgess, John Sutton, Regan Lassian Burgess definitely going to affect this team. They've lost a lot of experience there. They've signed Latrell Mitchell at fullback. Um, he's their big signing. They put Cam Murray into the second row of Liam Knight playing lock. So a lot of changes there. Um, I don't know how it exactly is going to affect their attack. Um, definitely question marks there for me. Adam Reynolds, of course, is a new uh, captain. And him and Walker had a up and down, especially Cody Walker 2020. 
uh, form-based wise. Cody Wolf was on fire at the start of the year. Then uh, Origin 1 happens. Didn't have the best game. He actually got subbed off in that game before coming back on and setting up a try. However, they did not stick with him in game 2 and 3. In my opinion, that probably the right decision. I don't know if he was ready for that Origin Arena. However, he came back to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Didn't have the best form in the world. But uh, two players that did were Damien Cook and Cam Murray. So shifting Murray to that second row position, I don't know if it's a positive. I mean, Liam Knight is a great player and he does a lot of work, but I think he can do that in uh, in the front row as well, to be honest with you. So I don't know if Cam Murray's going to stay into the second row for the rest of the season or um, or he'll shift back to lock. Hopefully he does, because I think him out on that edge in the second row position, while he will still be dangerous, I think it, uh, it takes away a bit of our attacking spark. Um, so I've got a couple of questions, even though we've got a very damaging back line. Look at this, Mitchell, Campbell Graham, Braden Burns, James Roberts, Dane Gay guy. I just question uh, how many points we can score per game. Our defence, also a bit of an issue. I think this year our forward pack isn't as strong as it has been in a long time. And I think the pressure definitely falls on Damien Cook and uh, Cam Murray to lead around, and even Ethan Lowe to a lesser extent, to lead around a fairly, fairly new forward pack with people like Jaden Sear, Liam Knight. Uh, and Tola, Mark Nichols, these guys, and of course a, a very uh, understrength bench uh, in terms of NRL experience, leading those guys around and um, getting them to their best, and and of course stopping stopping the points because while the Rabbitohs scored a lot of points in 2019, they definitely didn't have the best defence. They did lead in a, led in a fair few points, so a lot of the Rabbitohs games were high scoring there. So I've already kind of gone through the strengths and weaknesses in that summary. I think um, another weakness of us definitely. Our, uh, our bench, not the most experienced in the world. But saying that, uh, we've, we've got strike weapons all around the park. So it's just a matter of the Rabbitohs can put it together. In 2020, I have us dropping slightly. But uh, you can never count out a lame down a coach team, especially in the finals. We'll be there. We'll be, we'll be in the finals mix. It's just a matter of whether we can get it all uh, at the end of the season. Because last year in the finals, uh, we definitely had a very disappointing uh, match week one against the Roosters. Uh, I was full of confidence after beating them round 25. I know they had a few people out there. But uh, our performance in finals definitely not good enough. And you see in the last two years being prelims, um, preliminous finals, um, especially actually in the whole decade, you look at the team, times we've been in the prelim finals, not to make the grand final, 2012, 2013, 2018, 2019. That is four times we've been one win away from the grand final and have lost. So we'll see if we can improve that this year. But I do have us finishing sixth. Of course, 2014 was the was the season where we got it all together. We'll see if we can do that again. I don't know if we got the roster at the moment. Do that, Jai Arrow will definitely help um, take some load off that forward next uh, the forward pack next season when he comes over in 2021. So that is my sixth prediction. Um, before I get on to my fifth, make sure you guys are liking the page on Facebook. This uh, podcast will definitely be available on Anchor, which I'm recording this off today. So big thanks to Anchor. A big thanks to Ben Nolan too, uh, one of the guys I work with. Uh, one of his jobs, he uh, runs a Yu-Gi-Oh page on YouTube. Um, I know those I know NRL and Yu-Gi-Oh don't really go together too well, but if you're a big fan of Yu-Gi-Oh, check out his page on YouTube, which is Nolan TCG, Nolan Trading Cards. Anyway, uh, back to the predictions. In a fifth, I have the Nearly Seagulls, and uh, they they finished fifth last year. I think actually they finished sixth last year. They were definitely at fifth, and then they lost. I believe the last game I went down to fifth. I went down to sixth. But I have them slightly improving. They're definitely going to be a team to look out for for 2020. Their, their team's just getting better, more experience every year. I'm looking at the team list right now and their strengths. Um, 
shown none better by the Trojevic's Tom and Jake. A fit and firing Tom Trojevic. Hopefully his injury bug is bad, but uh, is definitely behind him. He's definitely worrying for any team that plays them. Tom Trojevic last year, I think he only played 12 games, but he was damaging in each and every single one of them. He dominated Origin, especially in uh, State of Origin 2. So that that is a huge in for Manly this year. Of course, Jake's a bit hurt, um, a bit injured at the moment. He had surgeries on his way back, I believe, for round three. But there is rumours he could play round one or two. Regardless of that, I think uh, it won't affect their season long-term as long as those guys can stay injury-free. So that is a huge strength for Manly. You've also got the experience of Cherry Evans um, in the halves. He's the best halfback in the game. He's the Australian halfback. He's the Queensland halfback. And he, he knows how to lead a team around the park. He's a fantastic organiser. He knows how to get his players in certain positions. His kicking game is pretty good. Um, I expect huge things from Manly. And the good thing about Manly is they've had a lot of injury problems over the last couple of years. Those players uh, that have come in to cover those injuries, like Brad Parker, Sulby, Garrick, uh, all these guys, um, Cade Cusk, Lachlan Croker, Vanua Blake, who had a fantastic season and is now regarded as one of the best props in the game. All these guys got into the team because of the amount of injuries that Manly had, and they've all made some of these positions their own. Um, the NRL experience they gained over those couple of years means that this whole side, when I'm looking at it, has experience pretty much across the board. Their bench is a little bit weaker than the rest of their team, but I expect big things from Manly in 2020, definitely. Their forward pack in particular, you look at you look at Jake Turbo, Vanua Blake, Martin Kapia, Siren and Thompson, who are such damaging runners of the ball. That is a, an attackive and a and a, a forward pack with a lot of spark. Their defence, at times, I, um, I think can leak some points, but overall, Manly... Great, great uh, starting 13. I think they're going to be very competitive. And they are smoky for the Premiership in 2020. I have them coming fifth, but they can definitely go deep in the finals in 2020. Moving on to the top four. This is where it gets serious. Uh, I think I think just to just to give you guys a bit of a, a bit of way in my brain works, I think the top six are the teams that are... Uh, are you know, have potential or possible of winning the NRL Premiership, Manly and the Rabbitohs, even though they are my team. I'm not just saying that. I think those two teams definitely have the potential to win the comp, but I think the top four is definitely where you get to the Premiership favourites and the teams that I think are going to uh, do a lot in 2020. And that's starting with a team that has climbed significantly the last couple of years. That is the Parramatta Eels. Yes, I have the Eels making the top four. Their fans are growing in numbers every day. They're actually on track to maybe surpass the Broncos and Rabbitohs as a team with the most members in the game in 2020. That is huge considering their um, their lack of success over the last 30 years. I've always been a big Eels fan. I've always wanted the Eels to be good because when the Parramatta Eels are good, the NRL is in a good shape. Um, they've made they've been we as I get into this this top four prediction. I know that uh, their fans have been promised a lot over the years and have had a lot of false hope. But I think this might be the year you guys can get it all together and make a premiership push for sure. You look at this lineup and um, you've got superstars all over the paddock. I mean, you've got Moats who had a great season last year, 30 try assists, 30 plus try assists last season. You've got people like Blake Ferguson and, and Clint Gustin that have had that had great 2019s. Blake Ferguson, one of the best redemption stories in the NRL. You've got a nice rookie, 5'8", in Dylan Brian. And you've got some good forwards in Madison, Nathan Brian, Sean Lane. All these guys um, have proven themselves in the NRL level. Uh, so I think that they're hungry to Eels. I think they're due for a very big year. 
their strengths. I think their halves are a very big strength. Uh, Mitchell Moses is a great organiser of the team. He uh, It was evidenced by his tries. Just he knows uh, where the team is going to be around him and he knows how to put players in certain holes and gaps in the in the team. He's got a great kicking game. He's, he know, he's known for kicking a 40-20 or two in his time. Combined with Dylan Brian, who hasn't played too many first-grade games and some could consider him a potential liability for this team. I, however, think he's a strength. He, why Moses controls the team, as long as Moses is on, Dylan Brown can just roam um, and find his moments and not overplay his hand, find his moments to get involved. He's a damaging ball runner, um, and he can definitely make things happen as well. So on the edges, um, it's a place where you want Dylan Brown to create his attacking opportunities. While Moses, while he does have 30 try assists um, in 2019, he did. He's definitely more of the organiser. Uh, combine them together, I think you've got uh, close to, especially if Dylan Brown, um, especially Moses keeps his 2019 form, and Dylan Brown uh, can fire um, like he, you know, he's, he's saying he wants to be one of the best in the game, like everyone should be. But as long as he and Moses can keep their, their form and improve, I think they're close to a premiership winning uh, half combination. Looking at the rest of their team, their forward pack also uh, very experienced. Regan Campbell Gillard has highly highly publicised um, not being happy at Penrith and coming over to the Eels. Uh, his trial form is really good. I know trial form is not something to take into the NRL, but I'm predicting he could be the prop of the year. That's how much I think uh, potential Campbell Gillard has. At his best a couple of years ago when he was playing for the New South Wales Blues, he, he was on fire. So I think I think he's definitely going to be a strength. The other huge signing in the second row, Ryan Madison, who has had uh, the last couple of seasons at the Roosters and Tigers. We know what he's capable of. He will, you know what you're going to get when you make 40, 50 tackles a game, but he's such a damaging ball runner as well. Um, why you've got someone like Nathan Brown in their team as well that will make 40, 50 tackles on work all day, Madison, on that edge, um, definitely, he's played a lot the last couple of years, but on that edge, definitely a dangerous run of the ball, and I think he's going to cause a lot of opponents, uh, coaches, headaches, because he's going to be, especially coming on, uh, running off Dylan Brown, he's going to be pretty dangerous in 2020. Their weaknesses, I think, uh, there's not too many. I mean, their bench, you look at it, their round one predicted bench, you've got Takarangi, Kane Evans, uh, Nakore, and Navarro. That is the experienced uh, bench. I just don't know how much... Um, Attacking spark has been a key word that I've been saying for this Eels team. I don't know how much impact, um, apart from being that those solid, reliable players, I don't know how in, that much impact they uh, can can bring off the bench. So I think that's a little bit of a weakness for them. But other than that, um, I mean, Sevo, Jennings, Robert Blake, and Ferguson, they're, they're really, really good back on there. I just worry defensively they, they could leak some points. But apart from that, I think this Eels team, as I said, has got the potential to go a long way in 2020. It'll be very disappointing if they're not in the top four this year. And that's just not me saying it. I mean, the Eels fans have got expectations. And uh, really, they should be challenging for the Premiership in 2020. So if they don't, there's something wrong over there in Parramatta, especially their new stadium. And the fact that they uh, they very rarely have, uh, have lost at this new ground, I think it's going to be a graveyard for teams going there in 2020. So the Eels coming fourth, huge prediction there. Going into third, we have the Premiers. That's right, the Sydney Roosters, um, who I have finishing third regular season, which some might think is a little bit low. They're definitely a, a threat to, to do the three-peat. I don't know if they have what it takes to get there again this year. Um, but saying that, I didn't have them winning the last two years either. They've been proven wrong. Um, that they're, they're a champion team. Uh, they, of course, lost Latrell Mitchell, but uh, I still think they're... A, a champion team. Their big loss though, Cooper Cronk, and that's a loss that um, 
isn't going to be so easy to replace, in my opinion. Of course, they went out and signed the young Sharks half, Kyle Flanagan, Shane Flanagan's young boy. Um, and he has been he has been pretty good at NRL level first uh, first up. He was really good in the World Cup Challenge a couple of weeks ago as well. But the pressure's definitely on him in at 2020, so we'll see what he can do there. Um, him and Kiri, that Haas combination, um, is a bit worrying. And the reason I'm going through their weaknesses first with Flanagan and Kiri is that I look at this rest of this team and Tedesco, Tufo, Croydon, Manu, Morris, that's their back line round one. Even though Croydon's playing there in the centre before they potentially get Josh Morris or they could even move Mitchell Orson out there. Um, that, is a, that is a fantastic back line. And their forward pack, Hargraves, friend, Takiyaho, Cordner, Auburn, Orson, Radley. What can you say about these guys? They've all got so much NRL experience. Even their bench, Butcher, Luai, Verrills, these guys uh, have the potential um, to definitely go three in a row. So that's why I'm mentioning... Flanagan and Kiri because they are the key to it. Kiri has had a lot of injury problems. I'm a big fan of Kiri. He's been a fantastic player for the last five years. However, he is smaller built, um, which kind of helps him in his natural game, but he's also been very injury prone, especially with concussions. So I think a lot of their season rides um, of winning the comp anyway, I think they're going to be top four no matter what. I think whether they can go the free feed or not depends on their halves. Kiri staying on the field, if he gets injured, a lot of pressure is going to go to Flanagan who I think um, why he was impressive in the World Cup Challenge, and he's definitely got a lot of potential. I think he's going to take a little bit of time to mature in that role. So the the Roosters, I mean, you look at their, as I said, you look at the rest of the team, you've got Tedesco, Hargraves, Cordner. These guys are some of the best players in the game. Um, Morris was in fantastic form in uh, 2019. At the, he looked like a Brett Morrison 10 years ago, and he's always been very consistent. But I think he's still got some of his best football ahead of him. Joseph Manu, they actually got rid of Latrell Mitchell, but I think Manu's just as good of a, of a player out there in the centre. And um, don't be wrong, I'm a fan of Mitchell as well. But uh, Manu definitely has the goods to uh, be a star for many years to come. So they've got all the they've got all the, the tools to go free, Pete. It's just a matter of whether those halves can connect well. And whether it's hard, always hard to go back to back to back. Um, it's always hard to go back to back, whether to go do it three times in a row. We'll see how they, they can handle it in 2020. All right, moving on, and we're going to um, the top two now. The pressure's on here. Um, hopefully, I can get a couple of these predictions right. And in second place for the 2020 season after the Melbourne Storm, uh, you talk about a team that has been consistent over a long period of time, and I think the Storm are going to keep it up this year. Their strengths, uh, they've got them all across their park. You look at this forward pack, and it's probably the best in the comp. You've got, Hugh, uh, you've got Bromwich, Cameron Smith, Solomona, Kafusi, Bromwich, and Dale Finucane. That's just their starting forward pack, and that is very, very damaging. It's both defensively and um, and in their attack as well. Finucane works all day, so does Kenny Bromwich. And then you've got people like Bromwich, um, Jesse Bromwich, that is, and uh, Sophie Solomona that, can, that are so damaging with the ball, they can create something out of nothing. You look at their halves as well. Munster and Hughes, big question mark on Hughes this year. We'll see if he can... Put it together. I don't know if you will be their starting halfback all year. You've got um, Matty John's young fella, Cooper John's knocking on the door there. So we'll see if Hughes can uh, keep that keep that spot. Otherwise, I think he's a very good fourteen, and that's my only question mark with the team whether he can lead that team around. But their their backs. You've got Pamahias and Adokar, Olin, Vunavalu. These guys, um, apart from Olin, um, have been in the in the Storm system for a while, and uh, I think they're going to make a I think they're going to be just as good, if not better, than they were last year. It's going to be Adokar and Vudovalu, most likely both their last seasons at the Storm. Um, so they're going to be 
looking to end it in a big way. And Paverhouse, and he was a weapon last year when he came into the team at the midpoint of last year. And I think he's going to have a huge season. I think he could be Dalian fullback of the year uh, because he... When he's done stuff with that fo- with the football, he can create something out of nothing every time he gets that ball. So the Storm looking pretty good heading into 2020. I don't have too many negatives to say about them. I think they're going to be a pretty strong team. It's only a shorter prediction, but I, I have them second. And uh, and I can't bet against Cameron Smith and, and Craig Bellamy. Smith still got it. Some people think he might play one season too many, but if even if he's only playing 50 to 60 minutes a game, the amount of opportunities that he's going to uh, create... And, uh, I mean, a lot of the tries that Melbourne Storm score, uh, Cameron Smith has something to do with him, and I don't see that changing. As long as he's in the team and Craig Bellamy's coaching, I think they're always going to be in the, in the definitely in the premiership conversation. And I have him second. I don't see many weaknesses in this team at all, to be honest with you. Maybe depth, but apart from that, they've got some good young kids coming through anyway. So I don't know how big of a problem that is either, especially people like um, with Brandon Smith hurt to start the year. I don't know what's happened to Harry Grant, but they've got... They've got some depth there to cover. Um, most of them are young kids, but they've got depth there to cover. So I haven't come in second anyway. Um, a shorter prediction, but I definitely have them in the mix. They can definitely give this Premiership a real shake. Speaking of teams that have the potential to win the Premiership, uh, you guys probably noticed there's only one team left that I haven't predicted. Uh, they're going to be the minor Premierships, in my opinion, and I think they're going to be Premiers in 2020, and that is the Canberra Raiders. Of course, they had a fairy tale run last year. Uh, which, of course, was uh, ended with a very controversial grand final team. They're going to be out for revenge. I think they've um, gotten rid of a couple of the... Uh, a couple of the. They've got some of the cogs that they're missing. Leilua, they've got rid of. Joseph Leilua, the Tigers. Don't get me wrong, Leilua in his day uh, can be a very good player. I think that if he passed to Rapana last year in that grand final, would see a different Premiers right now than uh, the Sydney Roosters. I mean, the Raiders would have won that. Of course, they had a couple of decisions that get go against them as well. I'm not going to go really into that. But you look at their 2020, all these players are going to be hungry. Last year, you got experience, and I really experienced for the first time, in Nickel Clogstad, Bateman, who was two of the key, uh, and yeah, John Bateman, of course, two of the key uh, people, key reasons they were in the premiership mix to begin with, Corey Horsburgh, Bailey Simmonson. These guys got their first taste of NRL, and they took it. Um, I think Curtis Scott's a very good acquisition from, um, from Melbourne. Of course, he's had some off-field stuff to start the year, but if he can get his head on straight and, and just keep keep on the field and concentrate on playing footy, I think he's going to be in for a big season. That could even potentially uh, result in a New South Wales court. Like, that's how much potential I think he's got. Jack Wyden had the best year of his career last year. Moving to 5'8 was a masterstroke. I expect him to be just as dangerous this year. And, of course, their big signing, they signed George Williams from overseas, the English Pommy. I think he's... Uh, I've seen him play. I think he's going to complement this this Canberra team really well. Don't get me wrong. Um, Sam Williams did a pretty good job last year. Um, so did uh, Caesar. However, I think that uh, George Williams is definitely going to be out to make this team his own. And I think this, he might be the missing puzzle uh, to win what they need to win this premiership. I haven't mentioned their forward back very much. Hodgson, Papali, these guys uh, know how to get the job done. You know what you're going to get with them. Hodgson and Papali will give you their all every day. I think they're very big keys to the premiership. Um, chase for them. Also, Elliot Whitehead, uh, you know that he is going to be um, very dangerous um, every time he gets the ball. Um, for a second row, he does score to, tend to score a fair few tries there too. So, Elliot Whitehead, um, very dangerous. You've also got Coltrick and Kroger. Players like that, um, you know what they're going to get. Um, and 
I there's not much else I can say here about Canberra. I just think they they've got the got the team around them that can definitely win this premiership here this year. Their weaknesses, I mean, their bench doesn't have the most, um, and their bench and their extended squad doesn't have the most NRL experience to them. But the way Ricky Stewart's maturing these players um, into men. I think they definitely give the Premiership a tilt, and they are my Premiership prediction for 2020. Thank you for listening to these predictions. I'll see you guys at round one for uh, Steve's NRL footy tips. Thanks.